We are on when the prophet speaks again tonight. So we are getting into it. I forgot to hit my recording there. So we're going to get in here. So uh, we're going to do a, a quick prayer real quick. And we got some announcements and then we're going to hop on in to tonight's live. And I got a special, special, special thing before we get into it uh, into tonight's topic tonight. I got a special, special thing to do tonight. So good evening, prophet Miller. Good to see you on tonight. I know it's got some other people that's uh, on. So go ahead and hit in the chat. Let me see who's on with me tonight. Because tonight's going to be an interesting topic, I guarantee you that and stuff. So let's go before the Lord in a word of prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for today, Lord. We thank you for the grace and mercy that you have over our lives, Lord. We just thank you for the breath of life that you've even given us on today, Lord God, just to be able to see the end of a work day, Lord God. And we just ask right now in the name of your son, Yeshua, Mashiach, Lord, Lord, that you can give us strength, oh God. Open up our heart and open our mind, oh God, that we can hear a word from you tonight, Lord God. As we delve into your scriptures, oh God, as the things that you said that these days, would be like before your son comes, Lord God. We just thank you for finding us worthy to be here for such a time as this, Lord God. Let all those who are going to be watching live and even catch the replay be blessed by what is spoken. And all these things we ask in your son, Jesus Christ's name, we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. Yeah, so that was that was it. So that if, if you can just get an understanding just on what Fortify is and what Fortify does, this is what we do. We, we go to Fortify these cities. We go to help uh, build an altar to the Lord in these cities to tear down the principalities that have destroyed people, destroyed ministries, destroyed families, destroyed just about anything you can think of businesses, relationships, all those things. This is what we have to fortify for. And there's a reason why the fortification is important. This, I think this is why I'm preempting tonight's show and not going into revelations, but I'm going into this topic tonight is what do we have to do? What is it that we have to do? What does all of this mean that we're seeing in the news? God bless you, uh, Prophet Carmine. Good to see you on. This is why fortification is important. Because many of you know, we saw the news this past week where uh, the shooting that occurred at the grocery store, the top grocery store in Buffalo, New York, and the lives that were lost in that heinous crime that took place, that heinous hate crime that took place against uh, our brothers and sisters of color. And my, my heart, I can say I wasn't surprised, but my heart was grieved because of what happened. And then something else happened on Sunday where a, a gunman went into a church in California and shot five people, killing one in the church service. Again, I wasn't surprised, but my heart was grieved. Because this is a time that we have to take it seriously right now in the body of Christ and knowing the importance 
of having a fortified stance against the enemy. I hope, I hope you're listening to me right here. This is why it's important that we have a fortified stance against the enemy. Because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he will use anyone and anything he can to do what he wants to have done. To derail your plan that God has for you. The assignment God has put you on, he will put stumbling blocks in your way. And that is why it's important for us not to just fortify our own selves and fortify our homes, our jobs. But we have to take a fortified stance against the things of the enemy because he comes to do damage. And I think for many years, many of us have not really understood just how much damage the enemy has been doing in the past 20 years to us. We just, we just came outside of a pandemic. And do you think it's not, not strange that, that many of us fail and failed to fortify our stance in the midst of a pandemic? See, there was, see, I, I hope you follow me with this because see, it's important for us to take a real evaluation of this. Many of us couldn't wait to get back into the house of God. We couldn't wait to get back into worship services. We couldn't wait to get back to normal things and stuff. But in the times when we were wanting to get back into those normal things, were we really fortifying what God wanted us to do? Did, did we take the time out to say, wait a minute, I need to push back from this stuff here real quick because I've been too distracted by the world. I need to push back a little bit. And take an evaluation of myself because there's some fortification that I need to do. Hmm. So I, I know for many people, uh, the past two years has been a place where we have gotten to see God in a different way. We've got to experience him in a new light. But many, many, many in the body of Christ took it for granted. They took it for a time below. Oh, I ain't got to get up and go to church on Sunday. I ain't got to, I ain't got to go to the church house. I ain't got to do this and I don't have to do that anymore. I can just sing by myself on my own off key. And I ain't got to worry about the choir director trying to tell me to get on key. I, I don't have to worry about sister Susie wearing that big hat sitting in front of me and, and all this stuff like that. See, we, we, we didn't have to worry about those things because those things were the wrong things to worry about in the first place. I hope you're listening to me. But see, this is where we have to really, really, really take a stance, family. We have to really take a position and take an honest evaluation of our own defenses. See, see, the, 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 God did not leave us defenseless. He didn't leave us as like defenseless sheep in a field to just be taken to the slaughter. No, no, no. See, we have a way to fight. And many of us haven't even learned the whole principle of doing that just yet because we still stuck on looking at things in the physical that we no longer look at the things in the spiritual anymore. And that's where the fight is really at. So we could blame all we want to blame for the things that are happening right now. We could blame the politicians for lacking gun control or too much gun control and all these things like that. And, and, and these things still happen. You, you don't know where to be at because you're trying to fight a battle in a carnal mindset. When really the scriptures tells us in Ephesians that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality rulers and powers in dark places. I hope you're hearing me right now. Because this right here is something that we really need to wake up. We really need to take an evaluation on what we're doing right now. 
because many of us are just 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 going on through this this time of this this earth we're just waiting for Jesus to come back but we haven't even bothered to do what we're supposed to do yet we we call him come come now lord but but we're not doing the first thing he told us to do <laughs> that is love thy brother as thyself mm. see that that love part right there that that love part is the part that many of us still have problems with we 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 say we love each other and we do all this form of stuff, but 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 do you really, really love them? Even when they talk bad about you, even when they slander you, do you still love them? Or are you one of the ones that we're gonna talk about in the scripture tonight? In Matthew 24, because I had to go here because this is the time that we're in right now. And so if you're with me, go ahead. Let me see who's in the chat tonight. God bless you. Uh Deborah, good to see you on. For everyone who's watching me on Facebook, for all my YouTube followers, God bless you. If you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, go on over there, subscribe to DK to watch me. Make sure you uh, subscribe and hit the little notification bell so you get notified anytime we go live on YouTube. And if you have not yet uh, got connected with me on my podcast channel, you can get with me on anchor.fm forward slash Prophet Kevin Malone. Kevin, I think it's Prophet Kevin dash, Prophet dash, Kevin dash Malone, excuse me, y'all. On Anchor, you can just go or just go find When the Prophet Speaks on your podcast app. Apple Podcasts, you can catch me there. I think a Google Podcast should be populated by now. You can catch it When the Prophet Speaks. We're on there. The podcast, you can catch the shows there uh, later. And so tonight we're going to go into Matthew, the 24th chapter, because I think it's something very important for us to really look at tonight in this scripture. And I know I've talked about this, this passage of scripture many times as one of my one of my favorite ones that we can always look to to see what Christ would say what would happen during these time periods. Because I, I, I'm one of the ones that tend to tend to think that many of us tend to forget what Christ said, even though we have a Bible that has Christ's words in red. Uh-oh. About to step on some toes here. Oh, my intercessors are ready. <laughs> about to step on some toes here tonight. Because I believe there's something that needs to be uh, talked about here in the scripture. But as we always do, before we get started in the word of God, we always do a study of what we, uh, why we do the studying that we do. All right. So what we're doing here, we're going to go into our scriptures real quick, and then we're going to get into our key scripture for tonight, which is Matthew 24. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 28 real quick. Isaiah chapter 28 is how we always do it here. Let me turn that off. Isaiah chapter 28, verses 9 and 10. And we're doing King James Version tonight, as we always do. And it says, Whom shall we teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? And them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. Verse 10, he said, For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little jump down to Psalm 119 verse 104. And it says through thy precepts, I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. Jump all the way down to verse 128, same chapter. Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. And I hate every false way. 
And the two I'd like to add in now is Ecclesiastes chapter one, verse nine. It says the thing that has been is that which shall be. And that which has done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. Hop on over to chapter three, verse 15. It says that which has been is now. And that which is to be is already been. And God requires that which is past. All right. So tonight we're going to go into Matthew, the 24th chapter. We're going to do in verse 6 through 13. And so tonight we're going to talk about what's going on in the world today. These things that we see, these tragedies that we see, you know, they seem all too common right now. And it's been like that for several years. The better part of about 15 years, these tragedies, I'll say 20 years, it's been, it's been, we've been conditioned to accept tragedy, not knowing what's really behind it. And we're going to talk about what's behind it. All right. So let's get into it. Matthew chapter 24, verse six, very familiar pastor. So we're doing King James version all the time tonight. And this is what we're going to get into. He says, this is what Jesus said. He said, you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Verse seven, for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Get that? All these are the beginning of sorrows. Let's keep going. Verse 9, he says, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. His namesake, Yah, Yahuwah. Mm. Verse 10, and then shall be he, and then shall many be offended. Aren't we seeing that right now? And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. Mm. And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. It's a key scripture right here tonight. Verse 12, and because iniquity shall abound. The love of many shall wax cold. That's the key scripture for tonight. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Verse 13, but he that shall endure to the end, until the end, shall be saved. All right, y'all. This is what we're doing tonight. We're talking about what's going on in the world today with these things that we're seeing happen Happening to and for, and I'm not going to show any videos tonight about this. We're just going to have an honest discussion about some of the things that are going on right now. Because I, I see so many people saying so many things right now, but I don't think people really understand exactly what it is we're seeing and what it is we're experiencing right now. Yes, it's tragic. Yes, it hurts. It hurts our hearts. It hurts our family. It hurts our community to see these things. This is 2022 for crying out loud. Black Wall Street happened 100 years ago. But here we are in 2022, and we're at a situation where someone feels that they want to target us. They want to target us. Because of something that that didn't, that they felt should have happened but didn't happen. I'm, I'm going to break that down a little bit tonight because some people don't really know. And if you happen to listen to our president this morning, his speech, 
in Buffalo, it was kind of sideways because I, 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 I hate when, when these things happen and politicians appear to try to give condolences and, and, and show support, but really they come for a political agenda. See, we're bombed. We're long past having another political agenda right now. We're long beyond that. We've had enough of that already. We've had too many politicians say they're they're in the Congress to vote for us to put us in the Congress for this position because I'm here to, for you, but really they're only there to fill their pockets. They're only there to fill their agenda to get their agendas pushed forward to, to help fatten their pockets for later on down the line. See, they ain't really about us. They want to say they're about us, but they really ain't about us. They never were about us. And I, I know, like many Americans right now, feel like, man, I wasted my vote last time. <laughs> not me in particular because there just wasn't a good choice either way. But so many people felt obligated to vote because they felt like it was a right that our ancestors died to vote. No, that's not what that was. They did. Our ancestors did not die to vote. Okay. They did not die for the right to vote. Let's, let's be honest about that. Y'all that's, that's a true myth in the community that that needs to be dispelled because that's not actually factual. Many of you don't even know that the, 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 the Voting Rights Act was only signed initially for five years and that ever since it was signed, it had to be renewed in Congress every five years. That it wasn't until, was it 2012, 20, 2010 or 2011, that it was actually signed and solidified to never have to be renewed ever again, which means it was what they, what they did, um, codified. The, the, the Voting Rights Act was codified during that time period. Now, why during all these years did it take so long for something that we so-called fought for, died for, and all these things for, only to be given a five-year reprieve every single time? See, that's how they do us every single time, and many of us don't even really know. So we, we, we put these people in places, and, and, and when these tragedies begin to happen, they show up. When it's beneficial to them. Now, I have a problem with this because I'm an equal opportunity offender is what I like to consider myself. Okay. So if I say something on here tonight to offend you, I'm apologize right now, but I've just got to say it. Okay. But I'm an equal opportunity offender. Okay. Because the scripture says many shall be offended. Okay. Why are so many people going to, why did Christ say so many people are going to be offended? Why? What kind of offense is he talking about here? That's the question you really should take to God in prayer and see why many people will be offended. Because many people will be offended for those who take a stand for righteousness. That's what it really boils down to. Many people will be offended because a people stands for righteousness. They don't want righteousness in the land right now. And anything they can get right now to pull forth their agenda or whatever it is that they want to pull forth, they will try to come against it as much as they can. Don't believe me? We talked about it to what, three weeks ago when we talked about the whole abortion leak, the whole Supreme Court leak, and how people have lost their daggum minds over, over an opinion. Now, at what point is it right for someone to kill a child at any stage in life? <laughs> like I said, they don't want righteousness, but they want the right to do what they want to do because it's their right. Now, the irony behind that was, okay, just think back about six, seven months, eight months, nine months ago. 
What was the thing that they were doing? Everybody was trying to say, well, it's my right to choose whether or not I want to be vaccinated or not. It's my right to choose. But what did they say? No, it's not your right. You need to get it. You need to do this. And they didn't give people the choice. And the ones that, who, who stood on their conviction and didn't bow their knee to bail, they were persecuted, lost their jobs. Families kind of similar, broken up. Don't even want to talk to each other anymore because you let something that man created to divide you. See what I'm talking about? That's that fortification part right there. You didn't fortify your stance in that. And so now here, the Supreme Court was getting ready to come out with this decision, which I think is supposed to come out next month. And because they're trying to overturn this thing, people want to lose their daggum mind. And what's the irony behind that? Many women right now who are for it are trying to say, it's my choice. You're taking away my choice. But I'm sorry. Wasn't it eight months ago you were saying we had to do this, that we didn't have a choice? But now you want a choice. So which one is it? You either want to be right or you want to be wrong. Because you can't have it both ways. I preached a sermon about this the other uh, uh, Sunday, uh, Saturday called Be Strong. And have faith. And the whole principle behind that scripture was the fact that you can't serve two masters. You're either going to hate one or love the other. But you can't serve two masters. So this ain't Burger King. You can't have it your way. But what really bothered me today when I was watching the president's address was the fact that he bothered to try to take this situation and turn it into his favor. Okay. We all know the guy was a white supremacist. We know his stance was white supremacist and everything like that, but nothing that this man did lined up with any kind of, any kind of conservative party whatsoever. It didn't line up with that, but the president made it seem like it pointed to the other party. Again, using the situation that hurt us to put his political position ahead. This is what I have a problem with. And so when are we, the, I'm, I'm calling on the church, when are we, the church, going to start holding people accountable for when they do this stuff? When are we going to start holding these politicians accountable for when they try to make these things political when really it's a problem, it's a problem with, with being with righteousness. You don't, you want to be lawless in your things. They, they, they want lawlessness so much. And this is what Christ said. He said this in this verse, verse 12, he said to in Matthew 24, verse 12, he said, and because of iniquity, Shall abound. Be, now, the new word iniquity means lawlessness. Because lawlessness abounds, the love of many shall wax cold. Why would people wax cold if lawlessness was abounding? Because there is no righteousness present. We, we've seen it for the past two years with all the riots and everything that was going on with the summer of protests and everything, what some people like to call it the summer of love, because you had some people was, were protesting for uh, the death of George Floyd, and you have others was like, well, it's just peaceful protest, but then you had some that crept in unaware and caused discord and burn and violence and all these things like that and take cities under siege, but oh, it's a peaceful protest. That's lawlessness. Because in righteousness, 
I didn't see anybody in the first century church or anyone like that trying to do a, a, a burning down cities or anything of that nature back then. No, they didn't do that kind of stuff. So you allow lawlessness to break free and what happens? You have problems like what you have in Chicago right now where you have people uh, uh, doing melees in the street and having fights and big battles of a hundred people in the streets in Chicago. And the mayor won't take a stance on any of it, but she's worried about all her officers getting vaccinated because she's going to kick them out the force if they don't get it. But in your, in, but in the streets, your cities is falling apart. This is the kind of stuff right now we have to deal with lawlessness running abound. But where are those who are who God has called to take a stance and point it out, call it out, uproot it, tear it down? But I'm sorry, we we want to we want to have another civil rights movement. We want to we want to have another movement, and uh, it ain't gonna go in the way we thought it was. I remember Martin Luther King said something after he got uh, the Voting Rights Act that he he believed that he led his people. Like sheep to the slaughter. This is what Martin Luther King said. Don't believe me? Go look it up. He believed. He said, "I believed I had made a grave mistake and had led my people to the slaughter." So we 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 want to think that we have arrived at these places, and guess what? We have not. Why? Because there's a thing that the enemy knows. His time is short. And, and it only takes so much to happen to the black community before we all start to sit back and want to say, wait a minute, what's going on here? Why is this happening? What's, wait, 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 hold up again. But they keep spoon feeding us stuff to keep us con- content and to lull us to sleep. To keep us from asking the real question. The real question is. If you knew this shooter was going to do this. Because he, he had threatened to do it before. Why was he out? Why was he able to go from here to from travel from his town 200 miles to another town to stake it out, to shoot these people in a grocery store that he staked with a predominantly black community? And the reason why he did it was because of the Christmas parade a thing that happened with the, with the black man that ran over the people at the Christmas parade. This is why he did it. Why he did it was because he said the president did not show support for that community because a black man killed these white people at a Christmas parade. The manifestos, man, I'm telling you, when them people leave the manifestos, psh, I'm telling you. So this man did this because he said the president didn't do this. And he voted for the president. <laughs> That's the crazy part. So you won't come to a community that where a black man committed a crime. And I'll say I'm an equal opportunity offender here. So my black people, if you get upset by what I'm saying on here, I'm sorry. You got to really evaluate yourself because right is right. And wrong is wrong. No matter how you look at it. You can't have right and wrong on the same side of the coin. It just don't work. So if this man ran his car through the Christmas parade and killed all these people. And the president doesn't say a thing about that. Doesn't even go to the town to even show support for the people, the victims in that town. 
But oh, but for some reason when this happens, oh, he could be on a plane in three days and be there. I have a problem with that. A tragedy is a tragedy regardless. Treat them all equally. Aren't that, isn't that the one thing they're trying to really give us right now? They're trying to say, oh, we got to have equity. Notice I'm saying that right. The word is that they use is equity, not equality. It's equity. There's a difference between that. Y'all need to really look that up. When politicians talk about, say, oh, we need to, we need to have equity in the community. The equity part is not the thing you really think you really think it is. Because really the equity that they're really talking about is moving people's positions around. So those who, who are more in a, in a, in a, in a better position are brought down low. And those that are in the low positions are brought up high and they're supposed to be on the even kill, but they're not. I'm reminded of the meme that came out about that whole equity thing about the man who was, who was six foot four and he was able to look over the fence and he had two people that was, was five foot six. Another one was four foot two and they were, and they, and they needed a crate to be able to see. So they gave each one the proper size crate so they could all see over the fence equally. How can you have equity when you never had equality? See, we still have people right now still sitting in prisons that are on un, unjust and unbalanced scales. They say the scales of justice are supposed to balance in this country, but justice has never been on our side. Justice has never been balanced for us. Why is it still that white people can do commit a crime and be out in five years, but a black man commit the same crime and he gets 25 to life? Is that how do you get equity out of that? Are you going to move some of that time for that black man over to the white man? No, you, no, you know, that's not going to happen. But how can you have equity in a community when you've never had equality? So there's a lot of questions that need to be asked of these politicians because we need to really hold their feet to the fire. And no, gun control laws aren't going to fix this situation. I'm sorry. It's not. It's just not going to fix it. Because guess what happened? In that city of Buffalo, they had the strictest gun control laws in the country, and look what happened. The, the guy said himself he chose that place because they had strict gun control laws. Let's see if you try to do something like that in Texas. Oh, because I remember, uh, was it last year, year before last, there was a guy that came and did that same thing in a church in Texas. And what happened? The deacon shot him really quick. Yep. It, it's true. When you have overwhelming gun control laws, that's where lawlessness will always abound. Because they'll feel free to do it. Look at Chicago. Chicago is a prime example of it. Chicago is a prime heat bed for lawlessness right now. And it's so steep and deep. Look, look, look what Juicy Smoothie did for crying out loud. I hate to bring Juicy into the mix, but Juicy, Juicy was wrong all the way wrong, but still did not think he was wrong to the point that he would say, I am not suicidal. I did not do this, but we all know you did it. Something is wrong in the psyche of man today that they could think that when they could commit, uh, when they can break the law or do lawless that they think they can hold themselves not guilty. There's a problem with that. 
Those things like that damage the black community more than anything else. Why? Because there's centuries and decades of people always thinking less of us anyways. So you try to have someone to try to pull a position with a politician to get a bill passed that should have been passed over a hundred years ago. But the bill just got passed this year. Four years after Juicy committed the crime. Hmm. Think about that for a minute. But because of lawlessness, the love of many shall wax cold. It's a, it's, this country has a love problem. It's really what it boils down to. This, this country really has a problem with love. Just being honest with it. Because how can, a, how can people, humans who read the Bible, okay, become proselytes, get on ships, and go to try to discover all the lands in the world carrying the Bible, getting off the, look, y'all didn't catch my Black History series, go catch it out, but that they would get off the ships with the Bible in hand and a cross in the other. Talking about Christ. When really the thing that they was talking about was Cesare Borgia, it wasn't Christ. <laughs> why? Go look at the book of Maccabees. It'll tell you why. Because they sought to take the books and write themselves in it. And then use it as a weapon. That's what they did. So how does a country, how does a, when people say this country is a Christian nation, I say, yeah, it was a Christian nation. It was a Christian nation of devils. Because you can't be calling yourself a, a, a follower of Christ, okay? First of all, you got to know who the, who the Christ you're talking about. You got to put it in the right context. Who are you talking about? Are you talking about the son of the Most High? Or are you talking about Cesare Borgia? Because there is a difference. Don't believe me? Go look at the Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 5. It'll tell you right there. Chapter 5 and chapter 14 in the Wisdom of Solomon. We've talked about that many times. Go look it up. You'll see exactly there is a difference between Jesus Christ and Yeshua HaMashiach, I'm telling you. Y'all might not know, but that's why I use that name. Because when you come to the understanding of knowing who the son of the most high is, it makes you look at things a lot differently. Especially when you know the wickedness that men have done when they create this country by coming in the name of Christ and killing every Native American they came across. And not only that, bringing people on a slave ship into a land that's not even their own. So, so this country is birthed as a, has a love issue. Because how can you do this and the Bible tells you to love your brothers and yourself, but you, 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 you putting them in chains, you thinking of them less than a man, call them three-fifths of a person, Not giving them the same quote unquote inalienable rights your constitution says we should have. It has a love issue. Why? Because everything this country did, they built it on lawlessness. You stole from people who were here. You took you 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 judged with false scales, with imbalanced scales. The Bible has a scripture about that. I want to say it's in Proverbs. 
But this is the thing. This is the situation that we have to deal with right now. We have to really evaluate this thing because we could try to create every single solution we want to. But if you can't address the original solution, the original root of the problem, the, which is the original root is a, is a heart condition. <laughs> the country has a heart condition. It needs quadruple bypass. This is the situation that this nation is in right now. And my God, if it's not exactly what Christ said, it was going to happen in these scriptures today. We see it happening right now. But oh, what, 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 what did that, 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 that shooting was the one thing right there that, that made people like sit up on end. I'm like, wait a minute, hold up, wait a minute, hold up. And then just two days later, we get one in Orange County, California. Now, this one's a kind of interesting one here to me, because I even told my wife today, there's a whole thing behind that one in California. But 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 here's where the church went went crazy at. <laughs> they saw it, they said, oh, it happened in the church. Oh, we got to get our defenses up. Now you're too late. Mm. Hold up. You're too late. Because if you didn't have your defenses up and you didn't have your fortifications in place before Sunday, then the enemy may have already crept in your ranks and you don't even know it. Somebody hear me today. You might be too late already. Because these are some of the things right now we have to really address in the church. So when we see these things happen, we go, the first thing we go to is, oh, we need to have a security meeting and talk about security and so on, so on, so on. Look, if you are, if you're just now thinking about that, you, you got a problem. Because we've had many other problems. We have many other situations that happen with church shootings, like in Summerfield, uh, Summerlin, Texas. Well, that happened. What happened? We had to really take security and in, 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 in look at it in, for really what it was. Because even to this day, many churches still don't even think about security whatsoever. Oh, we're just here to serve God. We're here to we're here to get our praise on. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh my God, what's that? That's a, he's got a gun. Yeah, I'm sorry for the the, the sad, you know, <laughs> sad rendition. But that's pretty much what it is. But see, there's a deeper thing behind what happened in California. I think a lot of people are missing. Is that it had nothing to do with the church. That's right. Probably we over spiritualize things. What happened in California had nothing to do with the body of Christ whatsoever. But it was a warning to the body of Christ. How so? Because a shooter who did the act was a Chinese national. Now you might be asking, well, what was a Chinese national? What, what, what's, what's the importance behind that? It was a Taiwanese church. And if you, many of you watch the news right now, you've noticed that for the past two, three, four years, there has been a discussion about China invading Taiwan. Hmm. Y'all follow me here, right? For the past three to four years, there has been this overwhelming talk about China, China possibly getting ready to invade Taiwan. Just this past weekend, they had a massive drill 
with the Chinese Navy to surround the island of Taiwan, and this shooting happens on Sunday. Is it a coincidence? I don't think so, because I don't believe in coincidences. I believe in signaling. I believe people give signals for, the enemy gives signals for what they're about to do. So I don't think it's had nothing to do with the church whatsoever, but it had every bit to do with the nationalities of the people involved. I hope you hear me this because church people, you can't be over spiritualizing everything. You got to open your eyes at some point. See, many of y'all, Lord help me. Many of y'all pray with your eyes closed too much. And you can't see the enemy moving through the sheep. With your eyes closed, you got to learn how to pray with your eyes closed and your eyes open and, and pray with your spirit of discernment so you get ready to see what happens before it happens. <laughs> My Lord, help me, Jesus. You got to stop doing this stuff, praying with your eyes closed all the time. The Lord hears your prayers. Tell me, bow your head, close your eyes. Why? Haven't enough people been stabbed in the back? Oh, sorry. Dang it. I told you I was going to step on some toes. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord. Help me, Lord. Got to stop closing your eyes when you're praying. I'm telling you. Because this right here has got people so low to sleep that they over-spiritualize everything thinking it's an attack when really it's virtue signaling. It's signaling. What happened here? Bear with me here real quick. We, we get up here, we pray too much and keep our eyes closed and we don't even see what's going on. Mm. Listen, I'm telling you, this right here, this stuff is real. And we can't even see this stuff when it's happening. Why? Because it's so important right now that we get so caught up in what we, what we, what we think is happening not knowing that the enemy has been sitting in the pews the whole time. Matter of fact, the enemy sometimes sit on the pew right behind the pastor and the worship leader. Sometimes the enemy sitting right there next to the organ player and the bass player. But we don't see him. Because we got our eyes closed. And when I say our eyes closed, I mean our, our physical eyes and our spiritual eyes. Yeah, we don't see this. Over-spiritualizing stuff that doesn't even be spiritualized. But many of you probably have going to probably hear it this week at Bible study at, at, at midweek or something about what happened on Sunday. You can probably hear another sermon about that. But you, what you won't hear is what I'm telling you. I believe it had very much everything to do with the nationalities involved and not the church itself. Why? Because in China, they don't allow people to serve Christ or Yeshua Mashiach or the son of the most high or the most high. They don't allow that whatsoever. It's outlawed and banned and you will be persecuted. Matter of fact, they even have some of the most biggest concentration camps are in China. And what are, who are in those concentration camps? Muslims and Christians. That's right. Muslims and Christians make up the biggest population in the Chinese criticism for, for, uh, for religious perse- persecution. 
So when when I heard it was a Chinese na- a Chinese immigrant that attacked the, the, the five people in the church in California, I was not the least bit surprised when it said Taiwanese church. I was like, oh great, here we go. Mm, why? Because the Bible said in the scripture, Matthew 24, it says nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. What is that nation against nation? That's ethnos versus ethnos, which is where you get the root word for ethnicity from. So you're going to have ethnicity versus ethnicity. Y'all see this? So we can't be over spiritualizing things all the time because Christ already told us what a TI is. I hope y'all hearing me. Mm. Now this right here. Oh man. We ain't seen it yet. It's going to get way heavier. We ain't, we haven't even seen it yet. We haven't even seen what's about to happen because oh, this is just the be, this is just the beginning. <laughs> oh, you don't believe me. Oh, Christ told us it was that he told us it was that, but oh, we don't, we sometimes don't quite believe it sometimes. Why? Cause he said, all these are the beginning of sorrows. All these are the beginning of sorrows. So yes, we are going to see some dark days ahead of us. Yes. We are going to see some very sad days ahead of us, but guess what? The end is not yet. Because, oh, there's going to be some affliction and some are going to get killed. But I've always learned this saying in my life and I've, I've learned to, to stand on it when, when, whenever possible. And that is for Christ, I live and for Christ, I die. I've been fortified in my belief in Christ to know that with him, I can do all things. Without him, I can't do anything. With him, I can do all things. Without him, I can't do anything. So with him, I shall overcome. (laughs) Without him, I'm going to do nothing but fall. With him, I can succeed in all things. Without him, I'm just a perpetual failure. Ooh, Lord Jesus. Oh, a perpetual failure. Mm. See, there's, there's something right here we need to understand in the body of Christ right now concerning these things that we see happening before our eyes as we get ready to get into these summer months because these summer months are going to test our belief on a lot of things. Oh, yeah, we're going to see some things that's going to really, really test us. We, we've seen it for the past two years. Oh, it's going to get worse. Just trust and believe. But this is where my brothers and sisters, this is where we have to be strong in our convictions with the Lord. This is where we have to be strong in our faith. I talked about that Saturday. This is where we have to really believe. Do we, we have to really practice what we say we believe. And this is what it really boils down to. We have to get to the point that we say, look, okay, you know what? Yeah, I say I got faith, but when I get tested, Am I going to exhibit the faith that I say I have, or am I going to fold like a deck of cards? Because many of us would like to tend to believe that we have faith. 
But the moment when a test and the trial comes in our life, we want to fall on our knees. We want to get on the phone and call the pastor. We want to call the, the mother of the church. They want to put us on the prayer list. We want to do all these things, but except for go to the father ourselves and get before his presence. Oh my God. God, it sees us. It's something that we have to really take account of. Is is is? Yeah, you you go to church every week. You you study your word, but you do all of this. You can quote scripture like the best of them. But do you really have faith to believe and know that all these are just the beginning? That all we have to do is endure. Until the end. And what is that end part? That endure until the end is not does not mean the time when Christ comes. It says the time for us. Because all of us ain't gonna make it to the end. I might not make it to the end. I might not make it till tomorrow. But you know what? I'm secure in my convictions and knowing that I've lived my life for Christ the best way I can. And then I've seen him bring me through many trials and tribulations. So I have nothing but faith in knowing that if he did it back then, he's going to do it again. And even if I, even if it went, if and when it is my time to go. That nobody will think about the date of my death, but they will think about the dash that I left in the headstone. They'll think about the purpose that I had in the dash on my headstone. What life did Kevin live? What did Kevin do with the time that I gave him? Did he tell others about me? Did he, did he warn the others about being on the, on the wall, being a watchman on the wall? Did he tell them when the enemy was coming? Did he do what I called him to do? Or did he run and hide and stay in the cave of a doodle? Did he go in these places and hide out when I told him to go out? Mm. My God. See, these are the things right here we have to really take notice. Because all the enemy wants us to get distracted. The enemy wants us to be distracted and and discouraged and, and, and saddened in our spirit for these things that we see. But oh, my brothers and sisters, let this be evidence that Jesus Christ is on his way. That in this time, we need to be continuing to looking up because we know our redemption draw not. This time of social justice and social movements has been the biggest distraction to the body of Christ. That's right, Morgan, was I a good and faithful servant? This social movement stuff is the biggest distraction to the body of Christ that we have ever seen in the past decade. Because we don't understand that the whole purpose behind it is not rooted in Christ. <laughs> See, a lot of times we'll, we will have preachers that will go and stand up, and I know they've asked me to do it sometimes, and I refuse to do it. I remember back in, what was it, uh, 2018, I want to say. 2018 or 2019, one of the two, I think it was 2018. And we had the Martin Luther King Day March at Texas Capitol. And I used to go, every year I used to go and I used to go and I knew a lot of the people that were on, speakers that were on the panel, knew them personally. Some politicians, some preachers, some community leaders. And I'm standing up there and I'm, I'm standing with my, my team boys or my, my program that I was working with because I brought them with me and stuff and, 
And, and they were amazed at the fact that I knew all these people. That they were calling my name and they was like, why aren't you standing up there? I said, because God has called me to do something different. I don't have to stand elbow to elbow with people just because you wear the same collar as me. I have a different position. And because I don't agree with what most of them do, I'm not going to stand with them. Even though they begged me, oh, 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 Miss Kevin, come on up here. Stand with us. Stand with us over here as we, as we do this prayer. And I'm like, no, I'm not standing up there with y'all. When I thought God called you to preach, he did call me to preach. But you don't preach what I preach. I'm sorry. We all preach the gospel, but I tell the truth like a T.I. is. Jeremiah wasn't always trying to worry about people's feelings. Ezekiel wasn't worried about what people thought. So these things right here is the things that we have to really understand. These social movements and so, oh, they're just a distraction. They're just a distraction. Mark my words, they're going to continue to use it for us. Why? Because forever since we've been in this country, we have been a stepping stool for the other nations. Remember what I said? That word nation meant ethnos, ethnicities. We've always been a stepping stool for other nations. Why? Because they always get stuck before we do. But anytime there's something, that problem that comes up, it's always, oh, it's going to affect them. Why do you think it's going to affect us? <laughs> I talked about this the other week. Just like the whole abortion thing, be mindful of what these people tell you. Especially when they talk about this stuff because their whole intent is really to kill you and to kill your seed. That's what it really boils down to. Because they sit and talk about, oh, well, well, you know, it, it, it's going to hurt the black and brown community the most and stuff because they don't make enough money to, to, to have families and everything like that. Ain't, that ain't never stopped us before from having kids. But you want to have this because you want to kill us. That's why you put the Planned Parenthood community uh, centers in the black community. They're always in there. Don't believe me? Look down at Houston and Fifth Ward. There's one right there in the middle of Fifth Ward in Houston. One of the biggest ones in the country. Why is it there? Why? Because that's a predominantly black neighborhood. And they, they put it under the guise of free health or women's health and everything like that. But really, it's meant to kill and destroy your seed. The Bible tells you that in Revelation. Oh, my God. We're getting back into that next week because we're going to hit in there. But it talks about the enemy coming after the woman with the seed. That's a literal and metaphorical thing right there. Because how does he defeat a nation? He kills the children. It's been happening over centuries and millennia. All these years, they've always tried to kill the children. Didn't Pharaoh kill the, kill the firstborn in Egypt and threw them in the lake and tried to kill them? Why? Because he wanted to stop the women from having babies. So what did they do? Go get all the male children and throw them in the river. Alligator bait. Oh, my Lord, Holy Spirit. Gator bait. Don't believe me? Go look at Exodus. It's right in there where Pharaoh Ramesses threw the babies into the Nile River. 
where the alligators ate them gator bait. And what happened? When we came into this country and, and they brought us in the, in the slave ships and brought us into the South, what did the slave owners do? They took the babies from the black women and used them as gator bait so they can have their snakeskin boots. Don't believe me? Go look it up. Oh, man. See, that's why we talked about Ecclesiastes 3 and 9. There's nothing new under the sun. 1 and 9, there's nothing new under the sun. That which have shall be again. Ecclesiastes 3 and 15. That's why these scriptures, I put these scriptures in here because these things you'll see that these are not new things. They've been happening. But we've been lulled to sleep that we couldn't even see it happening again. So these, so these, 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 are, these people talking about, the, oh, it's hurting the black community, not having any right to abortions and everything of that nature. Why? Because they're trying to use the babies as gator bait again. Don't be fooled for that stuff. Because if God has called us and he's chosen us to be his chosen people, why would we give our cast, our care, our children into the fire? Why? And see, I think there's no there's no coincidence. A lot of stuff about uh uh the the, the uh the fetal material from the abortions being used for other things, being used in vaccines, being used in all these other things. I don't think there's no coincidence why all that stuff came up years ago. Because God was trying to get our attention then to let us know what was happening in the dark. What these Satanists and Luciferianists were doing in the dark. Yes, it's true. For those people who couldn't come up, oh, Kevin believes in the Illuminati and, and, and they're real. Trust and believe. They are very, very real. Oh, you might go see Dr. Strange and you might see the Illuminati in the movie. Guess what? They are real. It ain't Charles Xavier and all them other people in there. But trust and believe, they are real. But see, that's what the enemy makes you think that. What they say, the cunning, what was that? Uh, the, the devil's advocate, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was to make the world he believe he didn't exist. Oh, there's a big cloud of deception around the world right now because they won't tell you. Oh, the devil ain't real. His name is Lucifer. He, God kicked him out of heaven because he was he was the one that that was trying to do all the right things and got the devil is a liar and the truth ain't in him. But the world believes he is a God. A lot of these politicians will, they worship Lucifer and they'll tell you that. That's where you get Luciferians from. Now, Satanists and Luciferians are two different things, but they're, it's like a denomination to put it, put, oh Lord, help me right now. They're like a denomination. Like you have your Baptists and your Episcopalians. Okay. The Satanists and the Luciferians, they're, they're two different denominations of the same religion. They both worship Satan. They just call one Lucifer and they call the other one Satan. Lord help me Jesus protect me right now because our people got to know this right now in the church it's time to stop playing like these things ain't real because this is the fight that we have right now so yes they will try to commit a mass murder crime to make us the, 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 the stepping stool to get their agendas passed look they've been doing it forever 
Why do you think they killed Martin Luther King? Why do you think they killed Malcolm X? Why do you think they killed Megar Evers? Why do you think they killed, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, for the Black Panther Party? Why did they kill all these people? To put an agenda out there. To spread lawlessness. But we in the church have been asleep far too long. Far too long. But we have to stop letting them use us to push their agendas. I don't care just because they look like us, just because they comb their hair like us. That's right, Huey Newton, sorry. Just because they comb their hair like us, they might shop at the same place like us. But that don't make them us. All skin folk ain't kin folk. I know I'm saying all the lingos. But why probably think about what in the world? Yes, all skin folk ain't kin folk. Some of them are, are more against you than for you. What's that woman down there in Houston? I know, I know I'm not afraid to call her name. Sheila Jackson Lee. <laughs> What's that one out there in California? You know, the old, the, the old lady, I can't remember what her name, the old black lady out there. that has been, been one that's been inciting riots for 30 years. She was the one that incited the LA riots. Y'all don't even remember that. The one that was on the tree score and said, impeach 45. The one that started that, y'all know who I'm talking about. I can't remember her name right now. Maxine, that's right, Maxine Waters. That one right there. That was the one that started the, that started the L.A. riots. She was the one. She wasn't even Congress then. She was a community leader that was instigating stuff. It instigated the, the, the whole thing to get the L.A. riots started. Oh, so she, so, so, uh, George Floyd gets, gets, oh, what do you, what does she do? The same thing. A Steven. That's right. <laughs> Probability of a uh, Django. That's right. Steven. All this stuff. They, they, yeah, they might live in our hood. Well, they don't live in our hood. I put it like that. They don't live in our hoods. Yeah. They don't live in our hoods. They, they live on the rich side of town and they don't know us people who only make, uh, $80,000 a year. They they don't they don't have our problems. Okay? They 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 don't have problems of not having formula for their babies and stuff because they got a whole stash of that stuff. They ain't got no problems with that stuff. They ain't got to worry about gas prices cuz oh, guess what? They don't even drive. They have people drive drive them around. They don't have our problems. So th- these things right here, oh, these people they've been at it for a very 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 long time. Oh, but they'll make that they'll they'll there's a call me Auntie Maxine. You ain't my auntie. First of all, my auntie looks way better than you. <laughs> Let me stop. <laughs> but y'all get my point. I'm not talking about the physical appearance, I'm talking about the heart position. Because oh, you got some people right here that call you family and, 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 and a heart is ugly and black. Not talking about skin color. Their heart is rotten and decayed. They have no care for their brothers and sisters. Oh, but they'll say it to get your vote. They'll say it. Oh, but go check their retirement fund. See what they sitting on right now. They got a whole wealth of stuff set up for them, their children, their children's children, and the children's 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 children. 
because they think they're part of the cream that rose to the top. Hmm. I'm telling you, we got to pay attention to what these people are saying right now because they have been using us way too long. And I know I keep saying that, but I keep saying it because mark my words, you're going to start seeing some things pop up in the news. You're going to start seeing more people talking about, uh, What's the thing they what's the thing they didn't they, they passed? So they passed the anti-lynching bill, right? They passed that recently. But we still have not got an anti-black anti uh black crime bill. We have not got an anti-black crime bill. But they got an Asian hate crime bill. They got all the stuff against these other people, but they have not yet made one for us yet. We got the anti-lynching bill. But that only that only covers so much. That just covers the part about the lynching part that has nothing about gun violence against black people by other nationalities. We know, we know now, now we add to that problem ourselves because we have our own black on black crime is still high. And yes, we make a problem for ourselves because we still do this stuff. But parents, we have to tell our children, we have to teach them the right way. We have to stop letting the entertainment industry teach our children how to live their life because this fast life is not the life right now. This is not the life you want to be in. Because, oh, you think you can get this fast money. You think you can get this stuff and get this car. But guess what? The bill always comes due in the end. I'm glad my mom gave me an ethic, a work ethic. Now I've done my dirt before, but I look, I was smart enough not to get, not to get, do the stuff that was going to get me really caught up. And yes, the Lord even stepped in at a time and saved my life. If I, if he, if the Lord had not stepped in in that very moment, the very, this is the very first time I heard his voice. I'll never forget. It, it was the summer of 1994. I will never forget it. My good friend, he's out right now, lives in North Carolina. Got in trouble robbing stores. People were looking at, looking for him, and he was running. He called me to come help him, to come pick him up because somebody was chasing him. So I felt that being a good friend, come help my, save my brother. Somebody, I didn't know who was after him. I got in the car, and I heard the Lord say, don't go. Now, I didn't know at the time if somebody was in the backseat or was I tripping or was it these cigarettes I was smoking? Was it one of them things that was making me go, whoo, wait a minute, did I hear just what I heard? Don't don't go. Wait, what? It, it stopped, made me think. And I sat there for a minute because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know whether to run out of the car or what. But I knew that was not my voice. And so I did what I only could do at that time, which is not go. Because I knew if it was something supernatural that was telling me not to go, I better not go. So lo and behold, 24 hours later, I get a I get a phone call from the jail. It was my good friend. Got caught up. Didn't know what he got caught up with, but got caught up. I didn't find out until a couple weeks later what actually had happened. And if I had actually left and went out like I thought I was going to do to go help and go help to save him, if he would have got caught, 
I would have got caught too. And guess what? I would have been serving what? Uh, probably somewhere between 10 to 15 years in jail. For being associate to the crime after the fact. And in the Commonwealth state of Virginia. Oh yeah. You was going to do every bit of that time. He got sentenced to 25 years. At the age of 18. So yes, I understand what it is about the street life, but I understand also the consequences of it. See, these things right here have, have some serious complications with our, with the, with our children today. I even, even myself, we have a child right now that's in a situation right now. But I pray daily that they can wake up and see that this is not the way. You're falling into the trap of the enemy. Because a lot of people don't realize this, but slavery is still legal here in the United States. Yep, I know some people going, no, well, Kev, Prophet Kevin says slavery is still legal. It is. Go read the Constitution. It's called 13th Amendment. It's still in there. Yep. Go read it. It's in there, the 13th Amendment. Makes legal, makes slavery legal. For what? The commission of a crime. So what do you have? You have unjust scales because, oh, I can get you on a committing a crime and I can put you in the system and I can have your whole life wrapped up. I can keep you away from your family. I can have you working and busting rocks, making big rocks and small rocks. I can have you making furniture for the state offices and state employees because I believe, trust me when I tell you, yes, the slave labor is still real. And even though I work for the state of Texas, my desk is, was made by slave labor. They'll tell you it was inmate labor, but it's still slave labor. And oh yes, when I have people come to my office to pick up surplus computers and stuff, who comes to get it? People from TCI, who are they? Who are they? The, 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 the people from the jail, from the jail, we're in the jumpsuits. They come into the building. They get escorted by me and their trustee. Oh, yes, they have a trustee, just like in that movie, Life. They got a trustee. And you better not cross that gun line, boss. So, yes, I work, I, I've had the opportunity of working several times in my state career. And so these people still are caught into the system. And who, are the, who's, who has the most population of nationality in prisons? Black Americans. So, oh yeah, they'll they'll use us for every single thing they want to to put up off their agenda. They don't care. They'll use us for everything. They'll use us for slave labor. They'll use us for political agendas. They'll use us to get the get their votes. They've always done that. Ever since we got the right to vote, they've been using us to vote. Because most people in the world still don't believe that majority of people who used to vote it when the civil rights law passed, that the majority of black people voted Republican. In the 1960s, majority of people were voted Republican. They did not vote Democrat. It's only been over the past 40 years that they pulled that wool over our eyes and had us believing that, oh, the Democrats are for the black people. And guess what? They still ain't for us. Them Democrats, they still ain't for, ain't, ain't for black people. But, oh, they got so many black people fooled. Why? Because they got so many black people in their ranks. But them the blind ones trying to lead the other blind ones. And it keeps working. 
That's why you end up getting a guy right now that don't know where the heck he is in office and trying to figure it out. But you over here talking about white supremacists and stuff like this. But guess what? Just 30, 40 years ago, you were causing us, uh, 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 what, what was the word they were using, Prophet Miller? Uh, super predators. Just in 1992, 90, 92, 95, you were calling us super predators. Oh, that other woman, Hillary, too, she was calling us super predators, too. She was the first one to said it. And then the current president was the one that kept repeating it. We're super predators. We need to be taken down and locked up. I've God forbid if my children go to school with someone who commits a, a heinous crime and is a one of the one of these super predators. Don't believe me. Go look at the YouTube videos. They're still out there with him talking that nonsense back in the nineties. So we, we tend to think that people change over time. Yes. If you're changing for the right reasons, if you're, if you're being led by God, God convicted you and he's changing your heart. Yes, you can change. But if you're still stuck in the same corrupt place, if you're still stuck in the same corrupt system, have you really changed or did you just change the way you say it? Because I believe there's a, there's a, there's a way in, in the English language that we, we, we try to emphasize our words that can mean different things. I was watching the video this morning. A guy gave an example of that. He said, I'm, um, what was the word he used? Um, I didn't say he stole it. Oh, I didn't say he stole it. I didn't say he stole it. I never said he stole it. Oh, no, no, no. I never said nothing like that, that he stole it. Y'all see that? So he said all them different ways that everyone can mean something completely different. And that's how the enemy uses politicians today to pull the wool over our eyes. Why? Because they say the same thing. They just say it different ways every single time. Oh, he works for Russia. Oh, he's a pawn of Russia. Oh, he's a pawn of Russia. Oh, he took the money from Russia. Y'all see how that goes? So he had us, they had us all mesmerized by that nonsense for four years. They had us mesmerized us. Oh, he's a white supremacist. He's a white supremacist. He's a white supremacist. He's a white supremacist. He's a white white supremacist. And now what? Now y'all think he's a white supremacist. Why? Because everybody's been telling you that. That's psychological programming. That's predictive programming. And yes, we in the church have fell victim to it many, 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 many times than we think about. And it still happens. To this day, it still happens. Oh, Obama is the Antichrist. He's the Antichrist. Oh, Biden's the Antichrist. Oh, my God, he's going to split Israel. Oh, my God, he's going to split the land of Israel. Oh, my God, he's going to give a Palestinian state. He's the Antichrist. And think about how many evangelicals believe that crap and nonsense. But the reason why that stuff worked on them is because you had so many people before them that kept telling them the people that's in the land right now were the ones who God called and chose to be his chosen people. When really they never bothered to read the book to see that, uh oh, they were all black.
They skin color ain't the same skin color as mine. Oh, they they, they don't have no history of four hundred years of slavery uh, in their records. Oh, but when somebody comes out and say, "Oh, well, you know, them people over there in that land really come from Ukraine," and the reason why we're going to war with them right now is because uh, we're trying to solidify Ukraine and we're giving them all your reparation money so we can boost up that country when really it's being ran by Nazis. And, uh, yeah, the Nazis are still there, but uh, nobody wants to believe it because we think we killed them all in World War II, but not realizing that some of them actually escaped to, South, uh, to Argentina and South America and uh, some of them went north into Ukraine area and they just been hiding out for the time where they can come back. You know, just like in that movie, uh, what was that? Yeah, Captain America when Hydra came up yeah yeah man it's that same exact stuff they tell us the stuff in the movies but we don't believe it but they tell us that every single time but we have to have the discernment to understand when the truth is being told and when a lie is being told because oh there's there's Nazis over there you better believe it but oh the problem I have is is every single politician has been saying, oh, we need to get money to Ukraine, but the store shelves are empty when it comes to Infamil. We can't we can't get no Similac. We can't get no Infamil. But we can get $40 billion to a country that ain't never done nothing for us but take our money. Oh, but I was supposed to get 40 acres of the mule. I'm sorry. We got to give that money to Ukraine. Got to get, oh, he's going to give him 33, but we, we got to give him 40 billion. Mark my words. This is what today is May 17th, 2022. They just passed in the bill this week to give them $40 billion before the end of June, 2022. You will hear another spending bill coming up, giving them money to Ukraine. And that's going to cause a problem. Because y'all know that in the past four months, since this thing has been going on with Russia and Ukraine, was it three months and stuff, Russia and Ukraine? And, and since this thing has started, we have literally given them more money than we spent in the first two years in the war in Afghanistan. Where is this money coming from? When we supposedly have food shortages, we still dealing with some residuals of a pandemic. People still without jobs and still trying to get back to work. Where is all this money coming from? See, there's an economic problem that's about to hit this country and we are not going to know how to deal with it. Why? Because we've never taken these politicians to task for the the wasteful spending that they have done. And who is the one that's going to hurt the most from it? Oh, it's going to be the black people, of course. (laughs) They always do. Oh, black people going to deal with it. Why? Oh, we hurting it right now. Dude, I told y'all. Oh, Lord, I said it on Saturday. Man, I almost cried when I put gas in my tank. I had to put gas in my tank yesterday morning. And I almost cried. I I said, you know what, Lord? Please forgive me, Lord. I know my car runs on premium gas. But, Lord, let me get away with mid-grade today. Because I can't can't do premium today. It's hurting my my, my, my wallet too much. So I'm praying to the Lord, Lord, let my car keep running. I know I got to put this, this lesser gas, but let it run smoothly. Let it run on your spirit. Oof. 
I'm telling you, I had to run on the mid-grade because it's so high right now. But if, if that's just me and I go to work, I work every day. I get a salary, so I get paid whether I go to work or I don't go to work, okay? But I'm thinking about the people who can't, who don't make enough money and can't put gas in their car, and it's at the choose between getting food and putting gas in the car to go to work to make more money to put more gas in the car, and they can't put food in the house. See, there's a difference right there with that. I'm thankful that the Lord has provided for me all these years that I could get a salary. But I'm thinking about those who are on an hourly right now that don't have it like me. That's a, that's a really hard place to be in to choose between putting gas in the car and food on the table. But whose fault really is it? Because if you listen to this knucklehead that's in the office right now, he'll tell you, oh, it's it, Russia is the reason for it. We have to blame him for this, his price hike. Oh, I'm sorry. Didn't what we making our like we making our own oil like uh when the last guy was in office? Wasn't we wasn't we making our own? We wasn't importing any oil from anywhere. We was making all our own here in the country for like three years before he got came around and then um you get in there and then you just shut everything off and gas prices immediately go up. And they've been going up ever since you've been in office. And but you want to blame this guy halfway around the world who 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 wasn't really giving us anything anyways, but you want to blame him? I mean, let's think about this right now because this is really affecting the black community in such a great way right now. I think I'm gonna try to if the Lord allows me, I think I want to start trying to do a food drive. Because I, I know what it is to have very little. And I know what it has to have a lot. But my heart goes out for those people who have to make that grave decision right now on whether to put gas in the tank or food in, 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 the, in the refrigerator. It's, it's, bad. it's bad when it hits the, 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 the stores in a, in a part where I can't even go to my favorite restaurant and get my lemonade anymore because they don't have it anymore. They ain't had it in two months and it's driving me crazy. I'm like, what, what the heck is this? My wife asked him yesterday, y'all got any lemonade? No, the organic. No, we don't have any. This, this stuff right here is, is a great problem. Not for me, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Doing somebody, we feed 35 families and we God bless you. If there's anything that we could do to be a help or be a blessing, let us know. Because, see, I'm a firm believer, too. I don't have to take on the whole burden for myself to do this. Just because God called me to do this, this work, and to feed the homeless and all stuff like that, I don't have to do it all by myself. Other people are already doing it. Go partner with them. Because partnerships help build bigger communities. And it helps release the strain on the organization that's trying to do all the work. Because the same principle applies when Dry said the, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Yes, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few when it comes to feeding those that have less. <laughs> See, these are the things we have to really look at because I think we don't understand just how deep it goes. Because, man, until the time you get to the time where you there's that one thing that you're so used to getting, you can't get it no more. Oh, you're going to really start thinking about it then. When you start trying to go buy bacon in the grocery store, real bacon, 
not the turkey bacon. I'm talking about real bacon. And you realize it's six, seven dollars a package, and that package is just under a pound. It ain't even a pound of bacon no more. It might be a three quarters of a pound, and you paying eight, nine dollars for that. Or what about what about the price of eggs and going up and stuff like that? We just had a, a, a major accident in North Texas where an 18 wheeler dropped the whole trick. Excuse me, trailer of eggs on the highway, on Interstate 30. Do you th- think the egg price is going to go up because of that? It probably more than likely will. So $1.89 for a dozen of eggs? Oh, expect to spend 5 to $6 for, for, for a, a, a dozen of eggs here in a little bit. But yeah, these things right here are designed to keep us rooting for people who don't have no no idea of what it is to go without. But oh, they'll they'll put us up in a camera, put us in front of a camera and and and, and try to oh, how are you making it this? I get tired of seeing Spectrum news in the morning always talking about somebody not being able to make make ends meet and having food. Why do you always have to make this story on the news every week? I'm oh Lord Jesus. Why? Why not do a story on why we have that problem? Why you keep putting the camera in front of the people who need the help's face all the time? Why not go to the source? What happened to what happened to journalistic integrity when you used to go find out? Well, why don't we have meat? Why is gas prices so high? Why don't you go to the source on why that is? We know it's hurting everybody. Heck, it's hurting me. But Christ told us these things were going to be like this because it's a heart condition. Yes, we might think it has to do with commodities and the nation's GDP growth and everything is that is down and the stock market is on a flutter and everything like that. Yeah, that could be the thing. But guess what? All of that stuff has to do with what? The heart It's all connected to the heart. The heart of this nation is corrupt and it's, it's vile, it's dead, it's decaying, it's rotting on the inside out. But the only one who can heal that is Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can heal the heart condition of this nation. Because there needs to be some real evaluating going on concerning these things. Some serious deep down evaluating the heart condition of man. When we can sit there and think about it's more important to kill our babies than to have food on our table because we have to have the right to kill our babies. What about struggling? What happened to the generation of people that knew what it was to raise a family struggling to get to the point that you can't make it and you can retire and live comfortably? See, the problem today is the young people of today, they don't want to struggle. They don't, first of all, they don't even want to work, but they sure don't want to struggle. They, they, they want to go to college and get their degree and come out and start making the big money, not realizing, oh, you got to work your way up to that. You got you to gotta work your way up to that. I remember, oh, no, I was talking to my coworker about this one day. Matter of fact, one of my coworkers was talking to a good friend of mine the other day. Because I, I just celebrated 17 years with the state of Texas. And I told him, I said, you know, the issue that I have, with new people that come in in, in, in the, working for the state and stuff, 
especially the young kids today, is they think that just because they do the same thing I do or somewhat close to the same thing I do, they need to get paid the same I do. But see, there's always something thought longevity, okay? See, experience and longevity goes a long way versus coming out of school with your degree and everything like that. Yes, you might have $250,000 of student loan debt you got to pay back, but guess what? That's your fault because you got a part of that system that told you you need to have that degree to have a good life, not realizing the moment you get that diploma in your hand, you still got to pay back $250,000. You just took a mortgage out to get your education. And then you're trying to buy a house. And before you know it, you had $2.5 million in debt before you're at the age of 28. But you want the right to kill your baby. Evidently, you didn't learn something. You need to go back to school. Just being real. That's what it is. They don't want to work. They just don't want to work. But they want everything under the sun. They want every right to do every lawless thing they want to do. Except for worship the most high. My God. Lord have mercy. All right, y'all. That's going to be it for tonight. I thank you all for tuning with me. Hanging in there with me. I know I did a lot of talking. Ooh, Lord Jesus. Help me. Give me strength. But we got we to gotta wake up. We got to wake up. Share this with your family. Share this with your friends. Because the message has got to get out. The message has got to get out. Because right now, this is, this is getting to be... Uh, I have to pray every morning. And seven... seven several, I was like seven times a day. It seemed like seven times a day. But... There's some, there's some serious, this world needs some serious prayer. This world needs some serious, serious prayer because there's so much right now that, um, that we need to really take into account that I don't think, um, we really even bother to really, uh, get a chance to even really realize what's, what's important. And so, there's some things that we need to do. Seriously. So, yeah, there he is. So we thank you all for tuning with me tonight. Again, if you would like to sow a seed for this word tonight, you can do so on the cash app right there on the handles in the description on the video. And again, if you have not followed me on Anchor, you can do so that on anchor.fm. Uh, Prophet Kevin D.K. Malone. Get it on the Apple Podcast up there for what when the prophet speaks. Also, I believe it's on Google now. And make sure you also subscribe to the YouTube channel, DK the Watchman. I thank you all for tuning in with me this week. And I love you all. And I'm going to go out with a word of prayer as we always do. And I will see you all again next week. All right, y'all. So let's go. Most gracious heavenly Father, we thank you again for this time, Lord. We thank you again for just allowing us to spend this time with you, Lord. We thank you for speaking to us what you would have us to know concerning the condition of this world and the condition of this nation, oh God. Lord, we just ask right now that you touch the heart of this nation, Lord. Touch the heart of all your believers, oh God, those who believe in you and serve you, oh God. Lord, let our hearts be malleable to your spirit to be able to move according to your will for our lives and for the work that you have called us to do, oh God. 
Lord, let us not fall victim to just uh, 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 predictive programming, Lord God, but just uh, be receptive to your spirit and to hear your voice clearly concerning the things that you would have us to know in this season. So we won't be caught unaware, oh God, for these things. That we will be alert, oh God, even as a watchman stand on the wall and watch over the people, oh God. Lord, warning them consistently of the things that's coming to pass, Lord God. We just thank you right now for your spirit. And we ask that you be with us tonight as we even come off this live. And those who might even watch the replay, Lord God. Keep it angels around the four corners of their house and watch over the thresholds and watch over everyone in the home, oh God. Give them strength on tonight, God. Give them health and give them favor, oh God, for the work that they have to do to set their hands to. Oh Lord, let them sleep tonight with sweet sleep, oh God, in your presence, oh God. To awaken tomorrow, oh God, to a day, oh God, filled with favor and grace and mercy. And Lord, we thank you for all these things right now. In your son Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. And hey, we will see you all again next week. Y'all have a wonderful night. God bless. Peace.